Hello from Los Angeles and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is your host, Michael Benner, and good to be back. We had a week off while we traveled to Utah and Missouri, part of it on business, part of it to visit family, and it was a good trip, good weather, and good times. And uh, I missed doing the uh, class last week. Seemed like more than just one week, but here we are back in the saddle this week. And so, whether you're listening to us live and streaming today at one o'clock Pacific, 20 hours Universal Time, or to the podcast, which is the case for most people, I'm happy that you're here. Our topic for the day today is your attachment to desire, the desire and nature of human beings. And what is so unquenchable about desire? Why is it that we want this and we want that, and then when we get it, it's never really quite enough, at least not for very long? I think the desire nature in and of itself is understandable. There's a lot of cool technology. I remember the first time somebody handed me an iPod, at lunch, I'd never seen one. I'd never even heard of one. This, of course, was years ago. And he said, check this out. He didn't say the word iPod. He didn't tell me it was an MP3 player. He didn't tell me how to work it, what the controls were, or how to use it. It didn't have headphones plugged into it, so that wasn't a clue. But I pretty quickly figured it out. And then I said, well, how many songs does this hold? And he told me that I could put my whole CD library in there and stick it in my shirt pocket. I was blown away. Because I knew people who traveled with boxes of CDs. And (laughs) plus it was just so darn cool. Remember the first time you got your hands on an iPod or... Steve Jobs did the same thing with the iPhone and the iPad. They were just so incredibly cool that you have to have it. So the desire nature in and of itself is understandable. It's just the cool factor, if nothing else. But I guess what I'm talking about today, what I'd like to explore, is why it's never enough. I mean... Even if we go back to childhood, to Christmas, or birthdays, or times when we made a list and asked mom and dad for this or that, something that we absolutely had to have that was maybe advertised on television or that one of our friends had, and oh man, you just were going to die if you couldn't get one for yourself. And then Christmas or birthday comes, and yay, you get the thing. You play with it for a week, and then it goes on the shelf, and it's not nearly as cool. And I'm not only talking about stuff. I mean, even opportunities, relationships, companionship, and romance. Especially romance. There's that one person that man, you've just got to get into a relationship with this person. You're absolutely 
blown away by how cool they are, how beautiful they are, how funny, how fascinating. And man, if I could just get into a solid relationship with this person. And then it happens, and there's a honeymoon period, but after that, the relationship starts becoming an effort. There is work involved in every relationship, especially the powerful, intimate relationships, the romantic relationships, the loving relationships are the ones that are most volatile, most vulnerable to friction and irritation. And when you open yourself up to love, you also open yourself up to irritation and frustration and the people you love the most often rub you the wrong way. It's really easy to hurt somebody that you love and similarly very easy to be hurt by someone you love and who loves you. And so here again, if we're not willing to put in the effort, we just walk away. And so the divorce rate is high. Because that relationship that we had to have, that desire in nature was so strong, we absolutely had to have that relationship. And then we're not willing to do the work, in many cases, to keep it together. So whether we're talking about material stuff or relationships, companionship or romance, a job, a situation, uh, an opportunity, the longing, the desire nature is really in the wanting. It's sort of a, a variation, I guess, on it's the journey, not the destination. It's the wanting more than the having that constitutes the desire nature. And it's a curious psychology, but because this is the mystery school, I'm going to talk about it less as a psychology than a spiritual dilemma. And that's why we use in the title today the word attachment. The attachment to desire. First of all, I think if we look at Eastern philosophy, we have to recognize that in Buddhism, the first noble truth is that life is suffering. Suffering may be a strong word for it. It really translates more along the lines of life is full of discontent because it's not always miserable, but there is tragedy, there is loss, there is grief, there is certainly a lot of fear. There are financial worries, there are health worries, there are the already mentioned relationship anxieties. and Lots can go wrong in your life. But to say that life is suffering is a strong statement. Basically what it means is you're never satisfied. It's like Mick Jagger back in the 60s singing, I can't get no satisfaction. Somebody's always telling me my shirts aren't white enough or... I don't smoke the right cigarettes or whatever, you know, advertising. So I don't get no satisfaction, meaning the desire nature is such that 
not only are we attracted to the things that we're attracted to, but when we get them, they're never fulfilling, at least, as they say, not for very long. Well, the second noble truth in Buddhism is that if life is suffering, why is that so? And Buddha suggests that it's really our desire nature, that we set ourselves up by not accepting life as it is. We have a resistance to accepting reality. We want things to be different. We want our life to work differently. We want stuff. We want change. We want improvement. I don't want the red one. I want the blue one. And the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. So we have this lust. We have this longing. We have this built-in desire. And because of that, because we're never really happy, we always want something more or something to be different, we set ourselves up for unhappiness. We defer our happiness. We believe happiness is a goal or a destination. I even see people in the so-called personal development field saying, in order to create happiness, do this and this and this. And instead of teaching that happiness creates success, they pervert it and tell you success will create happiness in your life, and it's not true. Happiness is not a destination. It's a process. It's a decision that you make. It's an attitude. It's an approach to living your life. Again, a decision that you make. But it means that you have to accept things pretty much as they are. Now, when we talk about acceptance, and there's a lot of resistance to this, especially in the Western world, Europe and America, we're not saying that you should not set goals or you should not achieve things. You should simply know that there will be a price to pay. That you could, at the same time you desire things, create projects and wish to achieve this or that or the other thing that you could also work on being happy for no reason, being happy with things just as they are, making lemonade out of lemons, the best out of a bad situation, understanding that in everything that's good, there is sometimes a shadow, and in every dark cloud, often a silver lining or a blessing in disguise, behind what appeared at first glance to be some sort of curse. So these are some of the secrets of accepting things as they are, and personally, I think there's nothing wrong with setting a goal, wanting to achieve something, to be project-oriented. Just know that there's a price to pay, and that you can be happy along the way, regardless of the outcome. And if you fail, so to speak, well, why accept the failure? Accepting the situation means that you have the opportunity to 
be philosophical about what might appear to be a failure. It also might be an opportunity to learn. Acceptance can mean there's something for me to learn, that all karma is always good and bad, and karma is always at work. The yin and yang are inseparable, the good and bad, the light and dark, the positive and negative, the benefits and the challenges are present in every situation, every circumstance throughout your life. So we can accept that. The ultimate acceptance is that this good thing may have some evil rolled into it and this horrible, tragic, evil thing as I say, may have a silver lining. That's part of accepting the situation. And what may look like failure really could be a wonderful thing. So you have to really be flexible mentally and emotionally with this whole idea of desire and the inevitable disappointment that it brings you. Now that as I say, it doesn't mean we should not desire. We should just know that there's a price to pay. And that acceptance is recognizing the yin and the yang, the polarities, the good and bad, the positive and negative in all things. But to attach to this, now this is a very different thing. To hold on for dear life to your desire to believe it's the object that you desire, the circumstance or situation, and not an ever-unfolding process, an in-breath and an out-breath, a couple of steps forward, a step back, a, a gradual unfolding, to reject that and want to get to some place and then hold on for dear life. It's the attachment that's the problem. And why do we attach? Why do we hold on for dear life? Somebody called me a tree hugger the other day, and I said, no, I'm not hugging this tree. I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> really. Um, this is what we're going to talk about in depth and detail in the premium training today. I hope you can join us in about, no, oh, 13 minutes or so at one thirty Pacific. 20 hours, 30 minutes, universal time. And if you enroll and you're not able to listen live, the replay is always available on demand. The vast majority of people do listen to replay on demand, though. If you are with us live, you can leave a comment or a question on the web page. Even if you're on the telephone, use the web page to leave a text question and Include your name and your city and hit the submit button. I'll take a look at that in just a minute. Appreciate your input. You can always email me as well. My initials at the Ageless Wisdom, MB for Michael Benner, MB at theagelesswisdom.com. I read all my email personally and we'll answer. We'll get back to you. And to Enroll in the premium training for a pocket full of change, less than lunch. Just trundle on over to theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E, as you know, is part of it. The W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. 
and with your bank card, your ATM card, you can enroll for a single class, a 13-week quarter, or for a full year for the deepest discount. And the thank you page, and there's also an email to confirm your enrollment. It will contain the URL and the password you need to join us live or by replay. And you can download, when the replay is up, the program to your computer as an MP3 and then put it on your smartphone. You can put it on your uh, iPod or iPad. You can listen to it in the car, burn it to CD, give it to your friends. It's all good. It's all fine with me. There's no copyright. You own it. Pass it on. Well, here's the bottom line. This is what we'll expand upon, but for those of you who just listen to the free forum, I want this to have value every week, not just be a tease. The bottom line in your attachment to desire, the attachment part, is a consequence of what I call spiritual separation anxiety. Others have different names for it, but to me, it's spiritual separation anxiety. It's fear. It's fear or anxiety that comes from being spiritual beings. Our essence is that we are a field of consciousness, a magnetic force field of consciousness everywhere equally present, that because of our solar nature sharing the ground of the one life, we also incarnate into form. Ripped from the bosom of oneness, we are dropped into separate bodies in a material, physical world of separated forms where we feel alienated and just plain lonely. And we reach out, and we hold on, and we desire. And so to deal with the desire that creates all discontent, and to recognize the reason why we keep doing it over and over again, and why getting that thing that you desire is never really quite enough. Our desire is unquenchable, as long as we identify as the separated form, as the ego or the persona nature. Remember, the word personality is rooted in persona, which means mask. What is your personality, that character you play as you petition others for acceptance and love? What is it masking? the soul, the harmonious and unified spiritual essence, the magnetic force field that is consciousness or awareness, above and free of form. But of course, unless and until we develop our conscious awareness of that essential self, we're going to identify with the ego, the persona, the separated nature. This happens initially so that we can survive in the jungle, this self-interest, but it's an interest in the wrong self. It's an interest in the separated self and what we can acquire. 
And yeah, it feels like a rat race. And yeah, it feels like you're stuck on a treadmill. And yeah, it's never fulfilled because it's not who we truly are. We'll explore this in depth in the premium training, but reflect upon this in your meditation. Close your eyes for a second right now. Take a breath, and as you relax, create and sense a letting go feeling. Take another slow, deep breath, inhaling through your nose. Hold as you peek, and as you exhale, ah, feel the letting go. And consider that all of your life, or at least most of your life, You've thought of yourself as being this separated being, this egoic personality, this person, this character, busy judging, trying to control your environment, including other people, and perpetually petitioning for love and acceptance, jumping through hoops to make other people happy so that you'll be happy as a result of making them happy with some success and a whole lot of frustration. But consider, what if rather than your soul having been fashioned or created upon conception, what if it has existed above and free of form, sharing the ground of the one life, from all of eternity and extends into incarnation, involves itself in physical form so that it might evolve itself through the experience of transmuting fear and ignorance into love and understanding. Reflect upon that. And just as you know, you're not really the car you drive, though it is an appearance you create. And you're not really the clothes that you wear, nor are you the home in which you live. You're not really the body you inhabit. Knowing this, you can let go of what you've attempted to attach yourself to. You can let go of your desire. Learn to accept the good and bad in all things. In this present moment, you can let go of the past and let go of the future and be right here, right now. You can let go of thoughts that don't serve you, false beliefs. You can release feelings that you've attached to and identified with that don't really serve you and that hurt you and torment you. Knowing who you are as a magnetic force field of love and awareness everywhere equally present, incarnated into form, you can release your desire and your attachment to material goods, to ideas, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and even your physical existence, and float freely in form, but 
with an awareness that essentially you exist above and free of form. Take a nice slow breath, acknowledging this freedom. Hold as you peak and as you exhale, ah, relax and feel the letting go as you open your eyes now back in the room wide awake, feeling fine, better than before. Hope you'll join us at the premium training and we'll include a program from our archives called Why You Want What You Want featuring my business partner Steve Snyder and myself and then I'll do an introduction to that and a few comments on the back side. It usually runs about an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 minutes. Again, enroll if you haven't already at the w's.theagelesswisdom.com Com. And remember to join our uh, social net, absolutely free of charge, free to use, free to join, ad-free to. Just add N-I-N-G, the word Ning, before the dot com. So it's the W's dot, the ageless wisdom dot Ning dot com. Check out the social net. A lot of very cool people there. And... Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week. Watch your newsletter if you're in Southern California for information about our upcoming live classes beginning on July 21st in La Crescenta, north of Glendale between Burbank and Pasadena. For those in the Southern California area, excited about that. And have a wonderful week. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.